Okay, guys, I'm just going to get things uh, started for today. I'm just going to pray for us. Um, Father God, I thank you for your grace and your love towards each one of us. I just pray that you would meet with us today. I thank you, God, that you receive us exactly as we are. But I'm really grateful, God, that you never intend or plan or leave us that way, Lord, that you do something deeper in us that would help us to be conformed more to the image of your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to City Hill. If you're here for the first time, we're so glad you're here. So glad, in fact, we had cards made. We're so saying we're glad. I'm looking at what Aria's done to this one, and I'm like, wow. Okay, that is that is really Technicolor Dreamcoat style. If you'd like to fill out one of these, you'll get um, three emails from us over a month, one month period, letting you know more about our mission, vision, and values. And we've got a couple of gifts we'd love to give to you, uh, let you know more about our church. Um, Today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be kicking off a new series. The new series we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about the keys of the kingdom. Over the last couple of months, and you can find them all on our podcast on the City Hill London app, we started off with a series talking about the kingdom of heaven being at hand. It's within reach. It's not far away. Then we looked at the king. There is a king of the kingdom. And then today, what we're looking at is we're looking at the keys of the kingdom. Jesus said to Peter that I am giving you the keys of the kingdom and we're going to spend some time this week unpacking that over the course of this month we'll be doing like we normally do we do it in different formats and different ways this week is our preaching sunday next sunday is our teaching sunday we go a little bit deeper we transition with the idea take it a bit further we look at it in a visual way and then the third sunday of the month will be we'll be looking at more reflective prayerful and encounter looking for god to live out the series embed the series in our lives and then the fourth sunday worship sunday and then the fifth sunday because it's a five-week month, is a discipleship Sunday. So if you've got your Bibles on your phone, or if you've got a paper one, like an absolute legend, um, I'd love for you to turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, and verse 13. If you've got the City of London app, you can go straight to the Bible on there, and you'll be reading from the same translation as me, which is the ESV. So verse 13. Now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. Some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He then strictly charged disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. The part that we're going to be honing in on for the first Sunday of the month is we're going to be looking at, but who do people say that I am? Who do people say that the Son of Man is? That's his first question. Jesus asked this question, who do people say that the Son of Man is? The response he gets is John the Baptist, he gets Elijah, he gets Jeremiah, and he gets one of the prophets. So what I want to do today is I want to unpack why these ideas came up in conversation, why these were the responses given to him from their context. Then I want to flip it and kind of look at our context and how it applies to us. 
So the first one is John the Baptist we're going to look at. So it's still the same today. Like John the Baptist would be, say, for them, he, he brought about spiritual revival. People, were, they were Jewish people. They would go to like different synagogues, different community groups, and they would be a part of that. They had got disillusioned with the system. People weren't really excited or, or engaging or, or, or believing it as much. John then came, he then said, it's no longer you're going to be manipulated by these, these groups, no longer going to be manipulated by these leaders. He went out into the wilderness and people left everything, travelled out to the wilderness. And there he took out the middleman and he just said, it's you and God. He baptised people straight in, in, the, in the waters. It wasn't a part of a religious establishment. So John the Baptist brought about like a spiritual revival for people. Then when we look at Elijah, Elijah would be the one that when we look at the nation at that time, there was King Ahab and there was Jezebel. Now Ahab and Jezebel decided that actually the kingdom had been split into two kingdoms. You had the southern kingdom, you had the northern kingdom. In the southern kingdom, they had the temple uh, in in Jerusalem. And so what they did was they built temples to Jezebel's God because she wasn't of um, the same background as them. And so they had a a temple to Baal, they had an Asherah pole as well, and they started to worship other gods. Elijah comes on the scene and he displays incredible miracles. He displays incredible power. He faces off against these prophets and he starts to pull the nation back to God. He shows regime change. He shows he's a miracle worker. He stands in faith. He sees the power of God moving in his life. Then we look at Jeremiah. Now Jeremiah is completely different. So with Ahab and with Jezebel, there is kind of this standoff and this Elijah's fighting off against them seeing the power of God to change a nation. But with Jeremiah, that's not the case. Jeremiah, it's like, things are going to suck. Get used to it. But then God is going to meet with you where things suck. He's going to help you process the stuff that sucks. But he's going to help you to build vineyards, to build businesses, to build homes, to build families in, 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 in Babylon, in a place that has taken you away and is beating you down. So what Jeremiah is doing is he's helping them to process, helping them to adapt, and helping them to flourish in an environment that is not conducive or one that you would choose to flourish in. Then lastly, it says the other prophets. So the other prophets would probably just fall under a category maybe for people's conversations at the time of social innovators. Now, why does any of this matter? Well, any of this matters is because Jesus says, who do people say that the Son of Man is? It's a conversation about who the Christ will be and what he'll be like. And so you've got one group of people that are saying, and and you'll see this, if you flip this for today's script, you'll hear this all the time. If you've been around church long enough, you've been around different Christians and things like that, you'll hear some people who'll be saying, we just need right now a spiritual revival. We just need the power of God to just move, people to be reawakened spiritually, and then everything's going to kick off. That's a John the Baptist scenario. Then you'll meet other people, you'll meet other Christians who'll be like, we just need to see like a real man of God, like a prophet, a standoff who will stand up, who will display God's wonders. That's Elijah. And so that's what some of the people were looking for at that time and people look for to today as well. And then you get other types of Christians, if you spent time long enough, who will go like, listen, the situation you're in is the situation you're in. The environment around you isn't going to change. God isn't going to change the environment around you. There's not going to be this great miracle liberating you from your situation. God wants you to build your business, build your family. God wants you to get married, have kids, uh, and just make the best of what this time is as a Christian. That this, this culture isn't going to be good for you. This culture isn't going to be a great fit. But you know what? God's going to bless you regardless. And that's kind of like the Jeremiah kind of fit. And then the last category would be like, 
you meet some Christians who I guess in today's world would really push like um, environmentalist things, right? So like, let's save the planet, let's all turn our lights off, uh, really practical things, or talking about any other social injustice or, or poverty or tackling um, all these kinds of issues. And then what you see between like the different groups is the same discussion Jesus is having, which is like, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And this conversation today about Jesus is still the same. It's like for some people, they're going to Jesus and they think the answer is for us to have a spiritual revival. Some people think it's for these miracles and these powers to be displayed. Some people think it's actually the deep thing that Jesus does in you is that he, he, he works in you and through you and changes you in the environment you're in. And then others still would just go, well, actually, you know, Jesus is, say, uh, Black Lives Matter. Jesus is kind of like environmental issues. Jesus is this kind of issues, that kind of issues. You see, the thing is, and what Peter's response to him is, is he says, okay, that's who people say that I am. Well, who do you say that I am? And that's the important question. Who do you say that I am? And what Peter does is Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He exchanges son of man for son of the living God. So when he does that, what he's kind of saying is he's going, some of the people you've mentioned, obviously John the Baptist is current, but Elijah is gone. Jeremiah is gone. The other prophets, they're all gone. But you are the son of the living God, not just the son of man, not this, this phrase. He changes the phrase up. He's kind of saying like, you are fully present for this time, for this season, in every season. And so you see, what Jesus is, is Jesus doesn't fall into one of the four categories. He's not just like, like, like a spiritual revivalist. He is a spiritual revivalist. But that's not, he's not limited to that. He's not someone who just comes along and does like the miracle workers, the signs and wonders. You see that all through the gospel. He totally does that, but that's not just who he is. He's not just someone who changes your environment, but he is just like Jeremiah. There are seasons in your life where you can find yourself in a place where the environment, God isn't going to change it. He's looking to change you. Where God isn't going to remove the problems, but he's looking to do a deeper work in you. Some of the stages in our lives the situation that is hurting us the most isn't going to be a situation that disappears. It's not going to be a situation that moves. It's not going to be a situation that changes. We're going to be stuck in that situation. And Jesus is there to help us process, to adapt and to flourish in that environment. And then also the social innovator. Jesus is totally Black Lives Matter. Jesus is totally into like changing our, our environment, taking care of the planet and all these different kinds of things. But what we tend to find is we tend to find people who will just go for one or the other or sometimes argue with others that this is the priority, that's the priority. The thing about Jesus and the key to the kingdom is this, is knowing what the season it is that you're in. Knowing the season that you're in. So the reason this, starting with this question for this Sunday, for this series, and the reason why this question is so key, who do people say that I am? And looking at the four types of people mentioned, is because there are going to be different seasons in your life, different seasons in my life, where you have to know by the Holy Spirit what season it is that you're in, whether it is a season where you need a spiritual revival, whether you're looking to Jesus for that, or whether you're looking to Jesus to do the miracle in your life that is going to stand up and is going to be a difference changer where the environment around you is going to change, or whether you're in a Jeremiah season, where actually the great work that God's going to do in you is he's not going to transform the landscape how you want it to be. It's not all going to shift. He's going to do a deeper work in you that's going to change you from the inside out. Or maybe it is a time when God wants to use you and use me to bring about a change in our society. Now, the thing is this. 
The thing is this, you see what happens when we don't know what the season is that we're living in, is if you are living in a season where it's a Jeremiah season, but you're coming to it with an Elijah mentality, the frustration is going to be so peak. Like if God is in a season with you, where actually he has no intention of doing a crazy miracle that blows the doors off and transforms everything around you, and you're just standing on that, believing for that, but it's a season where God is speaking like Jeremiah. Listen, guys, I've heard false prophets are telling you you're going to be going back to Israel and you're going to be going in two years' time. Let me tell you right now, it's going to be more like a generation. It's going to be like 70. Like all of you guys are going to be dead before you go back to Israel. The frustration that you and I will have with God when we don't know we're in a Jeremiah time rather than an Elijah time is going to be so peak. Your frustration with God is going to be absolutely off the chart. When you're living in a season where there needs to be social innovation, where God is raising up people to make changes in their community, to make change in society. If you're going to live your life going around trying to have a John the Baptist revival where people are going to have a a spiritual stirring, you're going to be so frustrated if you're not in that season and you're trying to build for that season. If you're... If you're in, a, if you're in the, the opposite of the Jeremiah one, then you're going to be frustrated trying to be Elijah. You're going to try, be frustrated trying to be Jeremiah in Elijah's season where God wants to break out and do amazing stuff. But you're going, actually, God wants to do the deeper work within you. It's just not going to work. These things don't fit. So you see, when we talk about the keys to the kingdom, Jesus says to Peter when he makes this declaration, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, that he's present. He's not past. He's here and now. He's not just the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. He is the living God. What he's saying to Jesus is he's saying that you are the Christ, but you're more than just a Christ in a moment. You're more than a prophet that comes in a moment. You're the prophet for all moments. You're the chosen one for every single one of these scenarios. You're not going to be a John the Baptist. You're not going to be an Elijah. You're not going to be a Jeremiah. Peter has this revelation that something that is happening in front of them is bigger than those things. And then Jesus says to him, this is not something you could have detected from a course. This isn't something you could get from flesh and blood. This isn't something you could get because someone said a word to you or you read something on a blog post. This is only something you get when my Father in heaven gives you this revelation. And then he says to him, he says to him, Simon Barjona, and then he tells him, you will be called Peter because on this rock bed, On this foundation, I will build my church. And he says, not even the gates of hell are going to stand against this idea because of who Jesus is and what Jesus is going to do in them. But you and I have to know the season we're in. We have to know the season and the time. There are two main ways. There are two kind of words and ideas in the Bible for time. One of those is... is, um, is, is Kronos and Kairos. One is where God just does something on time and provides for the needs in the normal way. And the other is in a way where God provides in the miraculous. Now, when I talk about God providing the miraculous, which is kind of like Elijah and what he did there, what we're really talking about is we're talking about the children of God have been delivered from Egypt and then two million people leave as slaves and he provides packed lunches every single mealtime from the sky for two million people. Do you know what that comes to? That comes to like, I think two to five billion meals over the course of 40 years. And he doesn't miss a meal packet. That is insane. And then when you have the other bit where it says about their clothes didn't wear out, how, how does that work? I don't just mean it like for me, I'm, I'm fully grown. I'm not growing anymore. But like, 
We have kids here today. What happens if Layla's clothes don't wear out? What, sorry, sorry, Layla. Layla's clothes don't wear, Layla, oh, I've done it again. Layla's clothes don't wear out and they just keep stretching to fit her. Noah, you've got some growing to do, buddy. You've got some growing coming your way. You are gonna grow. He's gonna be huge. What happens when those clothes don't wear out? You know, well, you know, God just says we're going to be leaving Clapham Common today and for 40 years we're going to be traveling around and Noah, by the way, your clothes are never going to, they're just going to keep, how does that work? Is it like a scuba suit that keeps on stretching? Yeah, hand-me-downs is a great idea for the new incoming children, but with no shops around and no clothing retailers, how does that happen? God just provides for them in the most miraculous way. But then there's other times when it's just you build a business, you build a vineyard, the vineyard does well, the crops do well. If you're living in a time where you need God's provision miraculously, but you're trying to operate under the, we're just going to build this and this is going to work for us, you're going to be so frustrated because it isn't going to work like that. And then if you're living in the other season, it's not going to work like that either. We have to know by God's spirit what season it is we are going to be living in. The question that brings for you and me today is this. What season are we living in? What place are you in right now? Which one of those four things is it that Jesus needs to be for you here and now? What is it he's calling you to be his hands and feet in at this moment? Are you in a season where you're going to be looking at the key that God wants to unlock in your life is a John the Baptist one. He wants you to be reawakened to him spiritually. He wants you to come alive to God in a new way spiritually. Or are you in a season where God is saying, like Elijah, I'm going to do a miracle in your life. Like I can look back at the different stages of my life and see those times where God has done an unbelievable miracle that has kept me alive or that has kept me. But then other times it's like a reawakening. Other times it's none of those things. It's God wants to do something and he's not moving until I change. That's a Jeremiah time. He's going to do that within you. And other times, God wants to work through me to see the innovation around us. I'm going to pray for us today and I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to each one of us this week and that we will know which one of these seasons is the season for us at this time. That we won't live a Christian life that's frustrated because we're trying to be or encounter God in a way that it isn't that season for that. I'm going to pray for us. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would come and you would start to speak to our hearts. Father God, some of us right now are in a place where we need an Elijah, where we need Jesus to move in our lives in such a powerful way that we will see you in your glory and what you need to do in our lives. Father, some of us, God, we've just gone numb. Our hearts are just hard against you. Our hearts aren't open to you, Father, and we need a John the Baptist We need to pull ourselves away from what we've always known in our faith and encounter you in a fresh way, Lord God, where there'll be like a a fresh move of what it is that you want to do in us. Father God, some of us today are in a place where actually, you know what? No one wants this. No one ever wants to be a Jeremiah. No one ever wants to be stuck in a place where they are and, and being told that, guys, this isn't going to change, but you need to start building a business in this place. You need to start building a family in this place. You need to start being here and making here flourish. But Father God, some of us need to hear that you want us to flourish where we are right now, that this season is the season where you are going to do something powerful in us because everything around us isn't going to change, but you're going to minister to us in the place we're in and people are going to see us plant vineyards at a time in our lives where there's no way possible to plant vineyards. And Father God, for others of us here, 
Lord, that you are starting to stir up within us just like the other prophets. They were unhinged madmen. They talked about capitalism like it was the end of the universe and everything would fall apart if people pursued money in the way that we do today. Some of us, God, you're going to stir up a thing within us where we're going to feel so deeply moved and convicted about a social injustice or something in our society that is damaging the rest of our communities, God. You're going to stir something in us that's going to make us a bit unhinged that people aren't going to want to talk to us at dinner parties about this topic because we're so deeply moved by it because we know that it's wrong and you want to use us to bring about a change. Father God, I pray that you would just give us the wisdom by your Holy Spirit to know which season we are in, God, that we will not be frustrated but grateful with what you are doing in us in this time and in this place. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that what you said to Peter was, that upon this rock I will build my church. I will build a group of people upon this and I will give them keys. The keys I will give them in these seasons will unlock whatever is in heaven and it will come to fruition on earth. I pray this week, Lord God, as we start to hear from you this month and the weeks ahead, you would shape us, you would equip us that we would be able to use the keys that you have for us, that these keys won't be lost like the keys to our suitcases for holidays, that these keys won't be locked in the car while we stand outside horrified we can't move the car, that we won't be standing outside our home staring at the door going, oh no, oops, I did it again. But Lord, we will have these keys to hand and use them for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, that is the first week of our series, Keys of the Kingdom of Heaven. Please take some time this week reflecting and praying over those four, four areas. God, is this a John the Baptist season for me? Do I need to be reawakened to you? God, is this a season where I need to start believing like Elijah? I'm taking a stand and seeing you do a miracle in this environment. Or God, is this a season like Jeremiah? Oh God, please don't let it be Jeremiah. Okay, it's Jeremiah. Lord, let it be that I see vineyards grow in this season. Or maybe, Lord, I've been feeling so passionate about this one issue. And it's been digging me up inside, but I haven't stepped out. But now's the time to step out and make a change in it. Um, Have a great, great week, guys. If you want to grab um, a snack, please um, do. But yeah, no hostages at City Hill. If that's your Sunday done, feel free to go and live your Sunday. Have an amazing week.